read or heard or preached the scripture this week, now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Three, two, one. Happy Happy New Year! Year. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to Season 2 of Soft Idolatry. Season 2? It's Season 2, because it's a new year. That's so exciting! It is exciting. What could be more exciting than a new year in the liturgical calendar? I really honestly don't know. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's Advent. Oh, wait, have I skipped ahead? I think you have. Okay, what's your sermon title this week? Hope. Okay, that's predictable. Wow. Okay, how about yours? Anticipation. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) That's no better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but at least mine has a has a cool song that if you don't remember Carly Simon singing, you at least remember the Heinz ketchup commercial. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> gotcha. That's why yeah, it's a great title. You know what? There's lots of songs about hope, too. <laughs> there are, but, you know, how many of them were part of the soundtrack of your childhood? I mean, you're not wrong. Okay, yeah. well, so for those of of our listeners who are not liturgical nerds who don't maybe realize why hope and anticipation are such predictable sermon titles for this week or who don't uh, derive their living as members of the clergy right or who are very confused by the fact that for a podcast that is releasing on december 2nd we just yelled happy new year right Uh, we're in advent uh so what exactly is advent it's the start of something new it's the dawning of a new age it's the beginning of the year in our church calendar this is the dawning of the age of aquarius see i can sing old songs too (laughs) yes yes you can (laughs) advent is it's the advent the beginning of our liturgical year and it is in our calendar a time of waiting when you see the colors change on our stoles and up front on the pulpits you can kind of get a cue as to what the season is about based on the color of the pyramids and I I know you were worried I was going to go into this last week I saved it for today (laughs) Now, now now here's a color question for you it's a communion Sunday for us Right. Should I wear my purple Advent stole or should I wear my white communion stole? That's a really great, really great question. A great question. It's a great question. You could go either way. Uh, It's dealer's choice in that particular scenario. What I tend to do is I have um, a black cassock, which is sort of like the classic type uh, clerical robes. Um, They're more of like a clergy style than an academic style. And I also have a white alb, which is just a plain white robe. And I tend to wear the black cassock most Sundays. But if it is a communion Sunday or a wedding or a baptism, I will generally wear the white robe. So for for, uh, sacraments, we only have the two in the Presbyterian Church, baptism and communion, or for weddings because the black robe is a little bit drab for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's purely aesthetic. Uh, I tend to wear the the white alb, but then I wear the liturgical color. 
So mm-hmm. for this Sunday, I will wear the white robe, but with my purple stole. Hmm. That, that's, that's an interesting thought. I also have an alb and I have a, I think it's called a Westminster gown. Uh, and I have frequently worn that for the contrast between the dark and the purple, but I could just as easily go alb and purple for this Sunday. I tend not to wear the alb for uh, communion Sundays because then white stole on top of white alb kind of gets lost. Right. And also grape juice. There's that. Uh, <laughs> though, though we, Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> we serve by intention. So the, the grape juice errors are fewer. I, I just would need to hold the chalice farther away from my body when I pour. Yes, and watch out for small children. Um, <laughs> ask me how I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so generally speaking, purple is our color of waiting. So we, we bust out the purple during Lent, which is another time of waiting, and Advent, which is the, the first season of the year, which is a time of waiting. White tends to um, signify Jesus Christ or the work of Christ. So sacraments, so for communion, we mm-hmm. wear it. We wear it for baptisms. Uh, yep. We wear it for Easter tide, Christmas tide, um, Christ the King Sunday. Am I missing any of the the Jesus holidays where we wear white? No, I, I think, think you I nailed got them. Yeah. Yeah. Now I I will say that I have a special baptismal stole that is uh, a gift from a dear friend who no kidding, gave it to me just before I started this recent spate of baptisms. Nice. And it is a pale blue stole with scallop shells on it. Nice, nice. I do like mm-hmm. that to signify the water. Yeah. yeah. And, and, a... and, and and of course, on top of the white alb. Right, right. And a darker blue is sometimes used for Advent um, as well. I do have one Advent-specific stole that is blue. It's one that my my mom had made for my dad back when he mm. was back when he was preaching, and it's now been passed on to me. So that's usually my Advent stole of choice. It's blue, not purple. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you have you finished um, preparing your Advent cards? I have not finished preparing my Advent cards. You're not no. putting one out for each Sunday of Advent. I am not, and you know full well that I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All these years of friendship, and you've never gotten an Advent card from me. I I figured I just pissed you off or something. Yeah, (laughs) that that may be true. Um, I I do send out Christmas cards, though, like way closer to Christmas. Um, Often Mm. they arrive days before Christmas or during Christmas tide. Because we do actually have 12 days of Christmas. It's not just a song that came out of somebody's (laughs) imagination. Christmas is technically 12 days long, according to the church calendar. Yes. Christmas, in fact, is its own season on the liturgical calendar. Right. In which we wear the white stoles. Yes, in which we wear (laughs) the white stoles. And it's also, um, it, it means that the Christmas hymns or Christmas carols are appropriate during that whole time. And, uh, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to stop singing them after December 24th. And in fact, I try to 
wait as long as possible to sing most of them unless there is a clear alignment between the lectionary and uh, one of the Christmas hymns. I do that as well. In fact, this year I'm busting out some Advent lyrics to Christmas tunes. Ah. I, had, I had actually written these uh, three years ago, the last time year A in our cycle rolled around. Hmm. And that was actually, a lot of people really appreciated that because you're hearing all of the music, you're getting excited about the Christmas music, um, but I'm not ready to let people bust out hark the herald angels sing just yet because it's not <laughs> liturgically appropriate to be singing that in church yet so Correct. um so we're using some of those tunes with some advent lyrics from the year a scripture readings ah interesting interesting so our our first sunday of advent this week um is hope now a lot of uh, a lot of denominations will also look at four different Sundays, and the four Sundays typically are hope, peace, joy, and love. Yes. Uh, sometimes they're focused on people who play into the, the scriptural narrative leading up to Christmas. So you might have a Joseph Sunday and a Mary Sunday and a John the Baptist Sunday and uh, that sort of thing. But most churches, broadly speaking, go with hope, peace, joy, and love. Well, and, and also, this is year A, um, and the readings from Matthew feature an awful lot of John the Baptist. Uh, this Sunday's does not, but a number of the others did. And as I was looking at the, um, at the lectionary over the next several weeks and discussing this with members of my worship and Christian ed commissions, we decided that we weren't feeling John the Baptist this year. <laughs> and, and they decided that when they read through this week's reading from the Gospel of Matthew, that they were not feeling the hope in that text, even if it is a very classic Advent text. Right, right. I think that we're both primarily focusing on Isaiah this year. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm only preaching three out of the four Sundays of Advent. My student has has one of those. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sticking mostly with Isaiah as well. We'll be reading each of the four passages each week, um, but I'll have a specific focus. Uh, for those who want to look up the texts that we are not reading in the podcast today, just for the sake of uh, time, those are Matthew 24, 36 through 44. That's the gospel reading for the first Sunday of Advent in year A, which is December 1st of 2019. And the psalm reading for the same Sunday is Psalm 122. If you don't know where you can look those up online, if you don't have like a, a paper Bible that you can look those up in, um, just zip us an email or a message and we can point you into um, some good resources for that. Um, or if you'd rather have a physical copy of a Bible and you don't have access to one for some reason, again, let us know and we will try everything in our power to make sure you get one. Yes, I personally recommend the new revised standard version in particular because it's the one that is used in my congregation. And so I might as well have the readings that I paste into my sermon text be the same as what the people have in the pews if they are following along. 
Yeah, I tend to read from either the NRSV, which is New Revised Standard, or the English Standard, the ESV, um, when I'm reading on Sunday morning. Uh, I do recommend to the folks in my congregations, however, to, if you can, use an online or like an app-based Bible, because then you can flip between different translations pretty easily and get a feel for the breadth of how a passage has been translated, because I think that that can help you get a lot of direction in figuring out what it means. You're right, though I think we may may be starting to bore our listeners, so let's dive into the texts. (laughs) We are going off into the weeds just a little bit. All right, so uh, I'll read the first text, which is Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. And this is the NRSV. The word that Isaiah, son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Ain't gonna study war no more. I ain't gonna study war no more. <laughs> I love this you, passage. You, you can't be stopped today, can you? <laughs> nope. No, I can't. I'm actually singing in my sermon on Sunday, too. It's, <laughs> it's in my spirit this week. It's just there. Um, I love this passage. This idea of beating swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, you know, taking these instruments of war and destruction and turning them into something that can help build growth and new life is just beautiful. Well, I mean, it's, it's a metaphor for the transformation that we can have when we walk in a faithful relationship with God that we can be transformed in the same way by that relationship. Yeah. It's a, it's a transformation that happens within individuals, but also within communities and in the whole world. Um, This is about a a return to God. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this, we've talked about this peaceable kingdom in Isaiah before, and this is another example of that theme. Yeah, and and I think it's very interesting that this is the word that Isaiah saw. So it's not a word that he heard, it's a word that he saw. And then we are given this beautiful image of beating swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks. I mean, those are images, and those are also actions. We should never, ever forget that Hebrew is a language of verbs, and the image is clear, not because of our nouns, but because of what is happening to those nouns because of the verbs. Uh, Beating swords into plowshares, beating spears into pruning hooks, 
transformation. That is the idea and the verb running through this passage. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's such a small passage. Uh, sometimes when we get these passages from the prophets and the Psalms, they tend to be long lectionary passages. This mm -hmm. is just a very short little five verse section, but there is just so much richness in it. Um, it it's... Yeah. So sometimes um, the lectionary will offer something up and I will occasionally add verses to it because it lacks context. This one is so compact and brief and yet contains so much depth that to try to chew off any more would be too much. Right. And if we go back to the idea of shalom and wholeness that we saw in the Ten Commandments, and mm -hmm. we look at this passage. This is another one of those descriptions of what wholeness looks like. Yeah. And and the piece that Isaiah is talking about here, and if you go back and read uh, Psalm 122, there's a piece that is talked about in that psalm as well. Um, this piece is not just the absence of war. It is... Um, it, it is the presence of God's love physically felt and emotionally understood it is reconciliation among people and reconciliation between god and humanity it is the presence of all that right right it it there's something that is replacing the war there is something better that's replacing it yeah um and remember that that prophecies in the scripture are not prediction per se they are they are a, this is what God intends for the world. These are the consequences if you don't follow that. Um, and here, here is a vision that resembles God's vision that we may live into at, as we basically get out of our own way. It's not that these blessings are a contract. It's that we fail to live into the blessings that God offers when we turn away and as we return to paths of righteousness we get out of our own way so that we can fully live into the blessings that god offers to everyone right right uh as much as i would love to see people beating swords into plowshares or in today's world it would be more like um melting down assault weapons into I don't I don't even know what a good hammers I don't know <laughs> even even hammer <laughs> hammers aren't quite as peaceful either but you know what I mean as much as I would like to see this be the actual destruction of all of our instruments of war in the here and now let's face it that's that's not what this means no it, it, it's not about just throwing away everything that we have there are legitimate uses for everything and it's about changing our orientation toward all of our neighbors so that we are not in conflict that we are not driven to the sword as it were right yeah and um and we see some unfolding of god's 
kingdom and some indication that this is not meant to be a prediction of a specific time and place in these other scripture passages for this week as well. Um, Alan, could you could you read the Romans passage? Absolutely. The uh, other reading that we will be using this Sunday, I think Carissa is using it. I know I am, I am yeah. using it. It comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Amen. Amen. Again, a lot of powerful imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Putting on the armor of light, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um that that is definitely, definitely a powerful set of images, and it is definitely an Advent text. Wake from sleep. Salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. Though we skipped over this week's gospel reading, this really flows out of that reading from the Gospel of Matthew. This is written to a community who has come to understand who Jesus is and has come to understand Christ's call upon their lives. And Paul is saying that the kingdom is here. We just have to wake up to it. I also love that in this passage, it's also not just a removal of one thing, but a, a replacement taking a... of it with another. Right. We're not just setting, it's not just sin avoidance. We're not just setting aside the right. ways of darkness, but we are setting aside sin and taking on the ways of Christ and taking on the mission of God's kingdom. Right. Moving into a new reality, moving into a new life, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a lot like baptism. This is dying to your old self and being born or raised anew in Christ. Yeah. And And that's what this time of year is... That's what the season's about. It's about anticipating for this new... It's about the anticipation of this new thing, and it is about making ourselves ready for it because we're going to have to wake up in four weeks. Yeah. This isn't... Advent's not just a waiting like you're sitting around waiting at the DMV, right? There's little anticipation of something exciting happening at the DMV. Like, if you're excited... 
about your maybe if you're 16 and you're getting your driver's license for the first time there there might be an anticipatory waiting but for the rest of us it's an annoyed waiting right that is the only time you are right. waiting for something in, in a in a happy excited right it's the only time you are excited <laughs> about waiting for something the end right right um whereas advent is a it's a, a feeling that there is something that is needed, there is something that is missing, that we are waiting for, but we're waiting for it in hopeful anticipation. Um, and in Psalm 122, it tells us that that is peace, but look out, it's not our own peace. <laughs> it's peace for everyone. It's peace that looks different. Um, and then Isaiah continues that, saying that, you know, we take these weapons of war, both literal and figurative, into symbols of of peace so that we can seek justice for everyone. And so it's, we know we need something. We know we need this war to go away, but it, there's something more. Um, Romans, as we just read, tells us to clothe ourselves with Christ after setting aside the ways of sin. Um, and Jesus tells us that, yeah, we're waiting, but we don't know how long <laughs> that that's going to happen. And we don't know when so be ready don't take your time doing this like get on it people <laughs> and and so I, I think there's something special about waiting and and sometimes we tell children that advent is waiting for christmas mm -hmm. and and it is but we have to be careful we don't fall into waiting for the perfect norman rockwell christmas because it's not going right. to be that i don't know if you've met families before but uh, <laughs> Maybe once or twice. Yeah, I, I agreed. I, I think I I know I've said this to you before. I don't know that I've said it on the podcast explicitly, but nostalgia is deadly. If we are in a place where we are looking for a wonderful bit of our past, then we are not busy looking at our present. Yeah. And And Christmas is all about presents. <laughs> Sorry. That's that's Sorry. actually my newsletter article title. Uh, <laughs> Christmas presents with a yeah, C. I and and there. then yeah, and then uh, it's Christmas presents, comma Christmas present. Nice. And the idea is that we have to instead of being worried about the past or worried about the future, we need to take care of what we have right now because. Our, our next past will be built on this present. Yeah. So, like yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, so I think that's always the... When, when we reduce this to the anticipation of gifts, as opposed to presents, under the tree, uh, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Uh, when we think about how great it used to be, we are not able to see the blessings in front of us. And sometimes we're just not able to see them because there are other things weighing on us in the present. Uh, right. All of that, of course, is a reason for community because you have a congregation on which you can lay your burdens, mm -hmm. uh, a congregation with which you can share what troubles you so that you can get out of your own way yeah. so that you can get back to that place of seeing the blessings and seeing God's love in the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to have expectations. It's okay to have hope. We're called to have expectation and hope. We just are also called to have the flexibility to allow those to be different than we expected, to allow things to not be perfect, um, to kind of dwell in that place. Because if we don't do that, then we're going to miss Jesus right along with the rest of the crowd that shouted, crucify him. Right. And we actually, our church um, partners with another couple of churches in the community and we have what's called a longest night service um, sometimes called a blue Christmas to acknowledge the fact that it's not beautiful and perfect for everyone and that some people are in a darker part of that search for peace than others are yeah we we had one of those services last year we didn't do it this year I'm I think that it'll probably be an alternating thing with us that, that some years we will some years we won't yeah um, so can you think of anything else you want to bring to these stories or shall i pray us out uh i think that's i've said my piece on hope and expectation and i look forward to saying a piece on peace next week uh, as you will note friends there are overlaps for certain in these so we do see both hope and peace in this first week's passages. Um, not so much the joy and the love just yet, but those are going to start to build. Advent is a, a season that sort of builds upon itself as we get farther down the road. The anticipation, uh, sort of like rolling a snowball down a hill, the anticipation gets greater and greater as it gets closer to, to Christmas. So, yeah. Now Let's, I'm done. Let, oh, okay. You, you sure you don't want to mix a few more metaphors before we... Uh wrap this up no i'm good no, I'm <laughs> okay good. okay i'm ready as a dog in a thunderstorm whatever the hell that means <laughs> <laughs> dear lord baby jesus <laughs> there is a beer called sweet baby jesus yes i, I have had that it's before. awful <laughs> yeah it's it's a little too sweet <laughs> uh, on that note friends alan's gonna pray what? us out of here <laughs> God of grace and mercy, in this time of watching and waiting, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us to see the blessings around us. Help us to see your love in the world. Help us to feel your presence and your Holy Spirit so that we may be a blessing to others that we may share the love of Christ with the world and actively, presently await your coming and your entry into the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, may God, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Put you together spirit, soul, and body. May God encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, friends, for our first episode of Soft Idolatry Season 2. Uh, remember that if you would like to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram, find our show notes and more, you can look us up at www.softidolatry.com. Com. If you'd like to help support us financially, you can do that there as well. There's a link to our Patreon page. 
And you can always email us at info at softidolatry.com for comments or questions or if you need help getting connected with a Bible. Uh, hey, Alan. Oh, no. What? Did you hear about the new Mac-themed Advent calendar that nobody liked? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I know you're going to tell me whether I want to hear it or not. <laughs> People hated it because it didn't come with windows. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I can't even... I can't even. <laughs> <laughs>